Welcome back to BS Reactor, where we get our friends to talk about stuff we couldn't get anyone else to chat with us about. Or sometimes we misread the room and try to get the group to tackle an old school video game that's tricky if you're not a very specific type of nerd. Sorry guys. This time, you guessed it, we're wrapping up our discussion of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Make sure you listen to the other three Zelda episodes and the warm-up so this makes as much sense as possible. If you're up to speed, you already know we're going to use spoilers and profanity, so get ready for that. This is the longest episode to date and it took a lot of effort. If you can, click the like button. We'd really appreciate it. But also, we just appreciate that you're listening. Seeing that people are downloading and getting something out of our stuff really does help us keep this thing going. Thanks. So after that, you find an old man in a dark cave and he yeah. gives you a mirror. So one of the places, <laughs> yeah, one of the places that you can finally lift a rock and find out what's going on is yep. on the west end of Death Mountain, which is like this mountain that dominates the top center of the map. Uh-huh. There's a cave on the side of it. You get into this cave. Suddenly there's just an old man and yeah. he's lost. He's dropped his lantern. And as long as you have your lantern around, you have a cone of light in front of you in dark places. And again, I instantly did not trust this man for some reason when I was a kid. Oh, no, I assumed he was a trickster. Oh, yeah, or something. yeah. He was going to try to kill me or something. And even later on, when it's like established that he's not going to kill you, every time I went into his cave, I'm like, uh, nah, he's going to turn on me anytime now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's real unsettling for some reason. Right. But he gives you a mirror, which you're like, okay, a mirror. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then right after that, you step on a blue portal, at least most people do, and you're transported for the first time into the dark world. And you learn kind of immediately that the dark world doesn't like you. Yep. Because it turns you into a bunny rabbit. It does turn you into a bunny rabbit. As opposed to the villain of this game, which we'll just mention now, he turned the big bad villain into this giant pig monster thing. Oh, geez, I thought we were going to talk about the guy with the horn on his head. Well, yeah, yeah, that guy too. <laughs> the, the real yeah, villain of the game. Right. Um, He turns him into... The pig monsters from Star Wars, essentially, like the big bad. The Gamorrean. Yeah, they all have names. and I know none of them. But <laughs> but again, you turn into a rabbit. And the first two creatures that you see in the dark world is this guy with a horn and this guy that is a ball. I say the guy with the horn looks a little bit like a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> They're intentionally creepy. Mm-hmm. And he's kicking this ball around, but you can talk to them because you're assuming every monster up to this point, you've just swung your sword at. As but you do not have the option of the to swing around. your sword. As when you go up and try... You enter dialogue with them. Yep. He talks to you a little bit, lets you know that they've been transformed yep. or whatever. The ball tells you that you're here in the dark world mm-hmm. and that you are transformed. It's like whatever is in your heart. Yeah. And so he is constantly changing his mind. He uh-huh. doesn't know what he wants. So he's become a ball. Yep. The guy kicking him around is an angry bully. So he has become a twisted monster. <laughs> because it transforms you into the thing that you think you are or something the dark world yeah. does. And Link is apparently very scared of the things going on around him and right, thinks of yeah. himself as just this tiny bunny. Maybe and he's now, a, I don't know, a vegetarian. Maybe, uh, I guess rabbits do eat meat sometimes. Maybe but. he's just a furry. I don't know. Yeah, it could be something like that. And this kind of, I probably brought this up the last time, but like it has a trace element of one of the dumber things I think gets overlooked in this game is that like he's a pink fluffy bunny. Oh, yeah. 
because yeah. he has pink hair for some reason. I have yet to figure out why they chose pink. Some people think or it's why because it's so difficult to notice. Yeah, no one from Nintendo has made a comment officially about it. There's been some speculation it's so it stands off from the background. Yeah. No one's going to care. But it's so right? hard to notice that like you would think somebody with bright pink hair would be a focal point. Yeah. yeah. I didn't notice for 20 years. Uh-uh. Also in all the manuals and publication, box art or whatever, brown. it's brown or blonde. Yeah. So it's like why pink? <laughs> but I mean, it's right on trend for millennials now. Have the like side buzz and pink hair or whatever. But yeah. In the 90s. No, I can't, it I looks didn't even think very about 2017. But yeah. Yeah. But anyways, eventually you use. Yeah. The even mirror. like the the in book art. Yeah. Of, yeah. Uh-huh. Of like Zelda communicating with Link. It's very blonde. It is. Eventually you use the mirror. You need to use the mirror at this point, right? Yeah. To, so the, the mirror takes you back to the light world. It does. And this is, you know, the light world and the dark world have very small geographic differences here and there. Uh-huh. So the net effect here is that you can walk over to where there's a raised area in the uh-huh. light world, but you can just walk there in the dark world, use the mirror, and suddenly you're on top of that rock. Yeah. And as a kid, it was it was also interesting the like an interdimensional travel wasn't a big thing in the fiction that I read. Yeah. But this is a thing that I instantly understood Yeah, that you could travel between these two worlds and it was separate. Yeah, There's a parallel world. They're overlapped uh-huh. on each other. They're very similar. Yeah. It's stuck and it made sense completely. And in shows like Stranger Things, for example, yeah, that again uses a dark world or the upside down or whatever. And it just it just kind of makes sense to people in terms of like asset reallocation. Like I said earlier, they're just reskinning the overworld to extend the yeah. range of the map. Well, I mean, it's, it's not even super like as far as like a dark version of the world no, it's been no. even longer than that's been an idea is like reflections right yeah yeah uh-huh. that like a reflection would be a whole separate world with its own people that's not you in the mirror or the surface of the water uh-huh. or that it's you know this this mirror person yeah and i'm sure there's like mythology things to reference that yeah there's through the looking glass obviously which i just mean like as, a, as the idea that from. like it's been a human fiction yeah for yeah. way longer than the idea of dimensional travel and the whole thing like if you stare into the mirror with candlelight did i blink did the the image in the mirror blink you know that whole thing yeah bloody mary bloody I, mary bloody mary or or the candy man <laughs> Yeah, my siblings made me watch the original when it came out and I was like five. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's some trauma there. Yeah. Actually, that's weirdly enough. Another movie that came out in 92. (laughs) While we're on it. Yeah. 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 That's actually kind of funny. Um, You you transform back into there. Travel. And they mentioned that there is a way to keep your shape in Uh the dark world. And like that sounds like it would be very handy since you are a useless rabbit. And I thought they would play with this mechanic more to make you defenseless in certain things to make you travel between things if this game were made now it would involve stealth sections yes where you are stripped of your ability to fight so you have to hide and move with good timing and it would probably have you go through some twisted nightmare shit to like really sink in how different the dark world is yeah this one essentially the dungeon right after that which is the tower of Hera, you find the cure which is like a rock the moon pearl right i mean it makes which i'm assuming is a tiny rock they got from the middle of the moon after they you know irritated it and filled it with dirt (laughs) probably it makes a big deal like you're getting another item like the power glove or the bow or the yeah this is one that doesn't really so much give it doesn't you, do anything really. it doesn't give you power or traversal abilities so much uh-huh. as it just it just solves a problem that it made 
like two minutes ago. Yeah. (laughs) It solves a problem that was created just so you'd have to pick this up. There was a part of me that actually just wanted to turn back into a bunny just for the hell of it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, just to kind of play around the mechanics. Like it doesn't change the way you move or anything, but I think that would have been interesting. It would have been neat if it had had a little more to it. Yeah. But the Tower of Hera is actually a very good tutorial for several things that will come in interesting later. So it it features very prominently. uh, There are crystal switches that go from red to blue and they change whether or not red or blue like there there are red or blue spaces on the ground that pop up into little low walls and alternating between those and finding ways to manipulate that to clear the path as you move through is huge in big chunks of the rest of the game oh absolutely there's also in this dungeon you can fall through the floor and it doesn't kill you you go and on the next floor and the down. next floor down there are some interesting places um actually the tubes to fall through uh-huh. have been around as far as the eastern palace yeah there's actually a place to fall in to two of those it takes you to almost every dungeon has this room at the bottom Oh, the fairy room yeah Yeah, with a couple of fairies and a teleport tile that takes you usually back to the beginning Uh uh-huh so if you're in trouble you can just fall in these tubes fill up your bottles yeah fill up your bottles get your health back and start over yep so you have those things i don't think you can use the hammer on these pegs though you haven't got the hammer yet they don't respond that way no No. these are it would have been cool if that was an option maybe later on but yeah that's that's not a thing they think of this also introduces you to a new type of enemy that is like a weird octopus with a heavy shell there's that thing that if you hit them they bounce back but so do you uh-huh. and they move real fast and they are very very difficult to kill <laughs> but since they have that big knockback when you hit them uh-huh. you can throw them in the holes yes <laughs> which is the primary means of getting rid of them uh-huh. You also have the little Triceratops things that breathe fire on you. They do. Which is reminiscent of Zelda 1. Yeah. Because that was one of the big bads. Back well, that that was actually what the Dodongos used to look like. That's, I mean, they, that's they what do that call is. them uh, Dodongo in this. Yeah. So, yeah. But again, if Link doesn't know the name of them, then why should I know the name of them? Yeah. Right? <laughs> so they didn't really start using those names until uh-huh. later. Yeah. It's sort of like I can tell you what all the monsters in Metroid are called, but the straight up doesn't come up until like Prime. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's see what else you get the moon pearl eventually and then you get to the top bad guy which i think is where malik rage quit eventually yeah so it's yeah. <laughs> i mean i'm not going to tell you it's not frustrating but i it know is. how to do it without it being a problem and my thought on this is why would you put truck nuts on a sandworm but it's uh, fair yeah <laughs> the boss here is a big worm another big worm it's a giant head and then smaller and smaller segments to the back where there's like a little bell tail yeah and it's got googly eyes kind yeah. of and hitting that tail is what you want to do yep. but if you swing and miss and hit a different section of the body it's all super bouncy yep and the entire outside of this arena is floor you can fall off of (laughs) yep and you'll fall down to the next (laughs) floor or sometimes a couple of floors and it is super fucking annoying to get it almost dead and then fall and when you climb back up start it is at full health again yeah and you're like "Uh." i will tell you that if you push constantly into the center when you bounce you will catch yourself and come back before so like it is possible to just stand in one place, move toward the center, and keep hitting the thing, uh-huh. and just bounce off of it continually until you've hit the tail enough times. Ah, okay. Yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch of different tricks for this. Yeah. Like, you can probably that's use just bombs the on the thing. Uh, you have to if you're playing it without a sword. Yeah, so <laughs> that's all the thing. You get them, you get the last pendant from this thing, and... and you are contacted telepathically that with these pendants, you have proven yourself worthy of the master sword. Right. The blade of evil's bane. The only thing that can turn 
the evil wizard's magic back on himself. And of course, this sword is hidden in the one part of the map you haven't explored yet. Yep. The Lost is... Woods. One of my favorite dumb things about the Lost Woods is that, especially because you probably haven't explored it yet, uh-huh. when you get there, there's a couple different ways to go in. There's, I don't know, like five entrances to this woods. Yep. Some of them are not accessible at this point of the game, but don't, no matter which way you come in, it's only going to be a couple of screens or a couple of areas mm-hmm. before you see a sword on a pedestal. Yeah. And so it's, it's a like fake sword. Yeah. Like you're like, okay, sword on the pedestal. I'm here to get this sword. All right. You approach the sword and pick it up, and it's like, this is it, the master sword. And then wait, no, this nah. couldn't be it. And then you just chuck it off at yeah, whatever. Yeah. You just throw like it like a, a pot, pot at somebody. Yeah. yeah. Just whatever. And there's like three of those. <laughs> At least, yeah. And it's like this weird fake out. Like, why go to the trouble? I mean, they're just reusing assets because I think it's funny, probably. But yeah, it's, it's just it's just another one of the strange, like the good bee. Like, it's another yeah. strange little thing that has no reason to be here, but I kind of love it. Yeah. So when you're going through, it plays this really thematic music and there's like clouds and shadows and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, it's very it's very foggy and very mysterious in these ways. Right. And then you finally make it to the top. There's all these animals running back around and then it plays all this dramatic music. And yeah, there's this long corridor to this big ceremonial plinth and and the metals come out and they swirl around. There's a big swing noise as you pull the sword out. The light of day breaks over the woods and the fog disperses and then you have the sword and you raise it to the sky and you're like yeah and you know in your head is the sage saying it is time take the fight to the wizard welcome to the end game that's (laughs) secretly the first i don't know sixth of the game yeah right after you get the sword though and i I thought this was kind of funny zelda gets kidnapped yeah (laughs) yeah she's like oh shit there's like a telepathically a panicked telepathic thing that like they've come to the sanctuary they're taking her away Uh uh-huh you need to get there quick so of course you get there yeah if they're there right now and you're in the woods like two things over yeah yeah so it's not that far (laughs) over and probably most people haven't gone back to check on them since then yeah i mean why would you if you stop playing and you save and quit whatever it's when you start the game again and ask if you want to start at Link's house or the sanctuary. So uh-huh. you may have yeah. been you may have been there a lot, depending on how often you stop and start or die. Mm-hmm. You talk to them, it's no new information. It's just like, hey, yeah, what's they're up? just like, hey, I believe in you. You can do the thing. Yeah. I kind of wish there was some side quests in the meantime to kind of develop their characters, but that's not this kind of game. So you know, it is what it is. <laughs> So after that, you can get the Quake Medallion, I think, or Ether Medallion. I don't know. There's so, a medallion somewhere up north. So the medallions are all limited by the Master Sword. Like you have yep. to have it and the Book of Medora before you can get them. Yes. You can get Aether right away, I think, because it's right next to the Tower of Hera. You just have to go back up there. Uh-huh. Quake, you have to get from the Dark World. Yeah, yeah. The other two from the Dark World, yeah. And then Bombos is in the Light World, but I think you have to go through the Dark World to get to it because oh, it's like okay. up on a cliff yeah, by the yeah. desert. And you can only get there from this one. Yeah, the one that blows up everything is essential. Yeah, the Blombos is essential for both the Ice Temple Mm -hmm. and Turtle Rock. Mm -hmm. There is no way I could get through either of those without blowing up the screen a bunch of times. (laughs) Because those penguins are bastards. (laughs) Yes, they are. Those penguins are unreasonably tough and they will not change course. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, so you have you the master that, sword. Yeah, you now, have the master sword. You know, if you wandered around Hyrule Castle a lot when you were there the first time, mm-hmm. up on the second floor, there's an entrance to an upper area yep. that is sealed off by some orbs projecting lightning into the form of a bat. Yep. And if you tried to move into it or attack it, it shocked the hell out of you. Uh-huh. But now, with the Blade of Evil's Bane. Yep, which you can upgrade six times. Um, <laughs> twice. You know what I mean, though. Yeah. There's actually, it's pretty interesting that that's a thing because 
because how much do you know about swordsmithing? <laughs> <laughs> Not a bunch. I know there's TV shows now. As somebody eminently qualified in bladesmithing, having watched <laughs> several seasons of Forged in Fire. Right, right. Um, typically, when you temper a blade, you do it pretty much immediately. Right? Uh-huh. And like that's one of the things to make it a good blade. But in this game, it's like you have the sword of evil's bane that's been the greatest weapon in Hyrule for generations into back into memory. Yeah. <laughs> just like you meet a blacksmith. It's just like, yeah, if I knew where my brother was, you know, I could just beat on it a bunch. Yeah, and we, we your, could we could fix box. that blade up. Yeah, yeah, it's totally. like, but this is the finest weapon crafted. And they're like, whatever, it's this not is tempered. The legendary sword of yeah. all legend. And if you do find his brother and bring him back, they will temper that goddamn sword uh-huh. and it will double its attack power. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you end up at some point you throw it into a fountain and a fairy gives you back See, a better version. The idea that some great powerful fairy magic can improve it, I can buy. Yeah, okay. But yeah. just like the village blacksmith. It's <laughs> just, not like just like the stupid. It's not like some it. lonely sage blacksmith at the top of the mountain who's been right, perfecting yeah. his craft for 700 years or anything. Uh-huh. It's just the slap dicks at the village. <laughs> yeah. That apparently can't forge anything unless they do it in tandem, uh-huh. which makes them one of two weird pairs of twin brothers that can't function as professionals in this game without each other because right. the lumberjacks. Yeah. Right? There's also lumberjacks that exclusively use that push and pull saw uh-huh. and they have to work in a pair at all times. <laughs> and it takes them like 10 years to cut through a hollow tree. Oi. Yeah. So you can upgrade the sword a couple yeah. times. And again, like you were saying, if it was just magic that was happening on it, like if it yeah. like shot electricity or some shit, like I mean, that would be way more palatable. <laughs> than, well, yeah, it does eventually. But <laughs> as soon as you get it, it shoots lasers yeah. or whatever. <laughs> because, Swirling magic vortexes. Because it can't. Yeah. Is there a top down like Mega Man game? Because I kind of feel like there's some. Nothing I remember. Yeah, I know there's a 3D version. But, but I mean, anyway, like I kind of Zelda, feel one, like Zelda 1 had like the ridiculous thing where you shot blade beams. Yeah. The, that happened all the time. Like mm-hmm. if you're just at full health, knives fly out of your sword. Like that happens uh-huh. in Zelda 2 even. So that one's yeah. just a weird tradition we don't understand. Uh huh. The fact that it didn't happen with all of the swords is actually strange. It is. <laughs> I mean, the fact that there's an eyeball that shoots lasers at you in the desert temple isn't exactly normal either, but yeah. you just kind of roll with it. You get to Hyrule Castle. You slash at the bat lightning shenanigans, fight some stronger soldiers that you only see here. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like they should show up other places, but again, not that kind the of game. Royal guard. Right. So you fight through some typically easy mazes. There's a dark section up there where the lights are off, even though it's day outside <laughs> and the windows <laughs> are open. Yep. And eventually you get to the big bad, a Agarim. Agarim. Agnihim? The names in this, they needed to workshop a little bit. <laughs> Let me look at it again. Because again, you're only reading this. You don't hear anyone say the names. Agonim, maybe. Agonim. A G A H N I M. <laughs> but like, as the usual person reading this just on a screen, you probably have to do a couple double takes to kind of sound it out. There were a lot of really weird misconceptions in my life that only got cleared up when they started voice acting video games. Right. <laughs> I mispronounced Chocobo for a long time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Was it a Chocobo? Is that, is that yeah. the direction? That is not uncommon, actually. <laughs> Aganim is up there. Oh, apparently the pronunciation guide gives it as Aganim. Aganim? Apparently. Oh, okay. Well, anyways. 
Mr. Wizard needed, Pants, by the way, <laughs> has Zelda in this bizarre. It's like a bed made out of a snake mouth. Yeah. So like, <laughs> it seems like a lot of effort, but it does create an interesting scene. Yeah, yeah. It definitely looks like a sacrificial altar. So Link rolls in. And the wizard's the like, wizard do hey, guess what, thing. asshole? It's too late. And then he takes, you know, 20 seconds yeah. to cast a spell on the An other side of the An unreasonable amount of time waiting for him to finish his spell. And then he disappears behind the curtain that we talked about earlier. I really think there could have been some lead up because there is a dungeon in the dark world uh-huh. where you cut vines to find passages on the walls. Yeah. And there are places where the vines are already cut mm-hmm. that help you visualize that you could do that. And if that had happened before this, it would have been a no brainer. Uh-huh. But Or they could have done a cut scene where one of the guards took a swipe at a curtain that that could have clued you in. Yeah. Like maybe you had to hide from them and one of them swiped at a curtain while you're hiding by the statue or something. Right. Yeah. Or like a rat hid behind there and they wanted to kill the rat. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of options they could have <laughs> But uh, so anyways, you go behind the curtain. When we do our uh, completely modern remake of this game, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this big baddie shoots lightning attacks at you and you have to deflect it back. So he's got with light- the master sword. I don't know if he does lightning yet or not, but he's got like this magic ball attack. He throws it. Yeah. You, yeah. you need to swat back at him. Ball, ball, ball. And if he's in the middle top of the screen, he shoots lightning at you, which yeah. you can't deflect back. You just got to get out of the way. But it telegraphs it pretty hard. So oh, yeah. you can also use the bug catching net. I think we mentioned that last time i don't remember i don't remember the exact programming issue that causes that but it's whatever flag it is that makes Uh master sword reflect the bug catching that also has it yep but it also moves differently it does so it it makes deflection a little trickier but again if you're doing a swordless run like we were talking about that's how you handle it yeah exactly you defeat the guy and he sends you to the dark world. Yeah, you defeat him and he's like, you know what? It's too late. Screw you. Yep. I don't know why he didn't lead with that in the first place, but... Uh, would have been simpler. Yep. <laughs> One would think. And then, yeah. You find yourself on the top of a giant a pyramid. pyramid. Yeah. You're in the dark world and you're on top of this pyramid. Yeah. And demonstrating that this man cannot be contained by time or space. Sahasrala is like, I'm contacting you telepathically across dimensions. <laughs> so you can suck it. I don't know why I didn't just kill you because that would have really fixed the problem. <laughs> but, um, you know, he's informed you that like there are maidens that were captured over whatever time frame before uh-huh. the wizard got to the princess. Yep. That are descendants of the sages. And they are needed to reseal Ganon or whatever. Like, yeah, they don't really get to the reason why mm-hmm. at first, but Ganon has a tower where he bases all of his power and it is covered by a barrier that <laughs> you cannot cross. And hell, you can't even get there from here yet. Right. Last verse, same as the first. You need special items slash maidens and crystals. Time to go to, to dungeons. Get to the thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> Starting with the Eastern Palace. Yeah, oddly enough, you go back through, but everything looks a little different. <laughs> yeah. There's no soldiers. There's just uh, Venus flytrap dogs. Yep. Some pigs with spears. Mm-hmm. Um, completely different. Okay, so... There are two different kinds of pigs. There's like Western cartoon pigs and then soldier pigs. Yeah. (laughs) Western cartoon pigs have pitchforks. Soldier pigs have just like a really big drumstick. Yeah, something like that. It's like a spear. They just poke you with that. It's like a spear, but instead of a spear point, it just has like a sack. A bag. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a magical bag. (laughs) I guess. And then, you know, Hinoxes, which would be your big Cyclops giants that throw bombs at you. Yep. 
And from this point, if you know what you're doing, you can get the quake medallion up north. Mm-hmm. At this point, you have to, you to go, throw a you skull go kind of into back a, to a the, ring. Yeah, the base of the Zora domain area. Uh-huh. And there's a, a sign that says, don't throw rocks into my circle. So Japan has some legends that they maybe lean on too often in pop culture. And one of them is the earthquake catfish. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which would be, there's, you know, a, theoretically a big lake that there's a catfish that lives at the bottom that's just massive. And if it is woken up early, or if nobody pays it tribute when it does wake up, it goes ape shit and shakes the ground. It's a simple enough legend. If you've seen a catfish in person, those things are scary and huge. Yeah. I've seen little ones. I've seen like taxidermy of the big ones. But you hook one of these things, you pull it up. I can imagine how you would elaborate to say that fucking thing could shake the earth. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's pretty straightforward, but like it's in everything. So many RPGs, you fight the catfish that causes earthquakes. Or like there's a Pokemon one. There's a, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's in everything. But, you know, here there's a catfish in here that Uh causes earthquakes. And if you bother it enough, like it'll tell you to buzz off. Uh If you bother it enough, it'll be like, here, maybe this will make you leave and gives you the earthquake powers. It does. And the quake medallion is interesting. Very useful, actually. (laughs) It's very strange. What it does is is not shake the earth and wreck things. But I guess we skipped over magic powder. Yeah. Magic powder. Like there's a a mushroom in the forest you can take to this witch. Uh She basically just tells you to buzz off for a while yeah it's usually like you do a dungeon and come back or like there's a certain amount of play time you put in before you can come back Mm -hmm. and she gives you this bag of powder that never runs out because it uses your actual magic meter instead of material substance but if you sprinkle it on an enemy they tend to change forms Uh sometimes that helps you out a lot like a dangerous enemy turns into a blob that looks like an onion sometimes it just makes them sillier without making them less dangerous like there are little slime enemies that shock the bejesus out of you if you attack them yeah when you have to like paralyze them or just hit them from a distance with a bow and arrow or whatever before Uh you can attack. Whereas if you magic powder them, they turn into weird cartoony walking hot dogs. (laughs) Yeah. But it doesn't change anything about the name. They still shock the bejesus out of you. (laughs) And there's a lot of like goofy stuff to play around with that too. Um, It also transforms the fireball skull thingies and dungeons into fairies. So, which is very useful because those things are usually in places where they're hard to avoid on purpose. Uh And you can be in a position where you, you're, weakened and you can't afford collision with this thing but you can powder that sucker and heal from it instead right yeah it becomes food kind of yeah (laughs) so yeah after you get the quake medallion you go into this like maze thing where the eastern palace was and you traverse under this like kind of hedge grass maze it's, kind of thing. It's a it's a combination of blind luck and kind of and like paying attention to your surroundings because you can sort of if you really try see where the paths are. Yeah, it, it's one of those. It's a funny like uh, gameplay and perspective break uh-huh. where when you're doing this, it doesn't seem strange, but it's only a difficult maze to navigate if you're looking at it from above. Ah, uh, yeah. Whereas Link is in here and just can't see the paths in front of his face because he's using your eyes right yeah (laughs) yeah but somewhere through here you come out of a a speck of trees with a monkey following you. yep kiki the monkey who is a jerk who follows you around for a while and then fleeces you to hit a button yeah for like a hundred rupees so there there are two switches that have to be pressed to enter this temple and for whatever reason one of them just already is Uh yeah (laughs) but you can't climb up there so he's gonna take your money right open the door that he probably goddamn closed oh yeah yeah for sure this is probably not the first person he's let into this thing yeah and there's like gorilla statues 
issues on the outside. So I kind of feel like Kiki got transitioned into the dark world and was like part of the Thieves Guild before or something like that. There's a lot of those guys around. Yeah. So probably a human that's just like, oh yeah, if I can get 110 rupees out of this guy, why not? Right. He'll go kill himself in the dungeon. I'll just wait for the next guy. Adding to the casual awfulness of the dark world. Uh You'll occasionally like the trees in the dark world look like white world trees, except they kind of have faces like there's yeah there's yeah, hollow there's like eyes a, and then like a like a snout yeah. yeah yeah every once in a while if you're looking you will see one that has something in the snout uh-huh. and eyes that follow you oh and if you bump into the snout or attack it it'll pop out a bomb <laughs> as long as you avoid the bomb like you can go talk to that tree oh okay and they're all people who basically got lost in the forest and moved into the dark world and that makes them into trees go figure and some of them are pissed off some of them are just happy to talk to someone finally because they've had, you know, they've had their mouths stuffed shut and been trees for hundreds of years. Uh-huh. And they're just going crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then some of them have interesting information for you, but all of them are human beings who have turned into rooted trees and can no longer move. And until you remove the bomb from their mouths, can't speak. And also there's just been a bomb in their mouths. Yeah. yeah. It's really weird and tragic. The the horror in this place is real casual. And again, I had no idea that that was a thing. So congrats. You told me to think about Zelda. I didn't know. That's that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I figured you would have stumbled on one on accident. No, it never occurred to me. You enter the dark palace with the monkeys out front. You immediately learn of some interesting new enemies like Helmosaurs. Yes, which you can't damage until later when you get a hammer. Well, uh, <laughs> you can damage them from the back. Oh, okay. You're talking about the shell things, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Not yeah. the turtles. Okay. Pretty standard dungeon. There's some dark parts, the the shell things. Like I said, you get the hammer eventually. There it's more of a maze. There are some turtles that you can't damage until you can flip them over with a hammer. Uh-huh. There are enemies that will mimic your movements or mimic the opposite of your movements okay, that you have to so shoot with arrows. When you say enemies, I think that's leaving out that they are like the twisted nightmare cousins of Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. So like they have this a similar armor to like the big armored Cyclops things. Uh-huh. But on top of that armor is a massive plastic looking cartoonish rat head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it is just super bizarre. Horrifying. <laughs> it surprises me still that Chuck E. Cheese is still a thing. Like there are still Chuck E. Cheeses in the world. Yeah. But <laughs> after Five Nights and Freddy's, you would think they would just disappear. But it's absolutely a thing. So you fight your way through all these things after these, these Chuck E. Cheese monsters. And you, you get some to more of those uh, little Triceratops that spit fireballs. Yep. And you get to the Helmosaur King. Well, first you get a hold of the magic hammer. Yes, yes. Which the, is magic and only that it is a hammer. Uh-huh. In Japan, it's called the MC Hammer. <laughs> Again, the another thing that came out around the same time. Yep. The Helmosaur has a mask, like a man the iron mask kind of thing. It has a scorpion tail. And, and it whips that sucker around like crazy. And of course, speed runs are very humbling because they can get through this in like two seconds. There is a, a time in gaming there where it was very popular to have segmented round things uh-huh. make up a limb and for that limb to stretch far enough out that none of those round things are even close to touching. That's one of the things that this scorpion tail does. Yeah, and it was kind of a suspension of disbelief thing because they're working with sprites. They couldn't have a curved line if they wanted to. Yeah, and I at mean, least like this. And that mean, would have like been they, very expensive. And like making making the balls stretch and contort as it stretches out would have been ludicrously difficult. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. So you kind of get the impression that it's a tail, but I mean, you're, you're kind of playing along with it a little bit. Yeah. So you got to use your magic camera and crash his mask. Uh-huh. Until you can also face, use bombs. Yeah. <laughs> until his face is vulnerable. Yeah. Yep. Big 
center forehead, Jim. And then you shoot him with arrows, right? Or, I mean, you can also hit him with a sword. Yeah, yeah. So he goes down pretty quick. We'll just jump to the next palace, if that's okay. Well, I mean, we'll take a second to, you know, like, you get your first crystallized maiden. Oh, and yeah, yeah. And she gives got you a speech for you about self-serving how, advice. Yeah. yeah, that's, you know, you need to free the other maidens to come together and break the seal in Ganon's palace while, like, exposition uh-huh. dump and here's what you should be doing in the dark world. To me, it's weird that all the maidens look different. If you look inside the crystals, yeah. they're they're different maidens. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why bother? Like I'm looking <laughs> for two seconds. <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah, they all they all look different. Another one of those weird things they took a lot of time and effort to that uh-huh. maybe is just part of something cut. It could have been. see so the next one is the swamp level which you actually have to use the hammer to get to yeah because there's these pegs you have, you have to, to use to, the hammer to, to get down. basically anywhere in the dark world that is not the eastern palace yeah i should also mention that you can warp back and forth using the mirror to pick up some cart pieces when you take the mirror mirror can only go dark world to light world yep but when you do that you leave a rift behind that takes you back to where you were yeah so you get this sparkly shimmery thing you can yeah. jump back in and there are some places that like in the dark world there a little bit different geographically so you can just bypass impassable terrain that way yeah and most of these are telegraphed fairly easily sometimes you have to remember things to jump off cliffs or whatever but for the most part if there's like a circle of stones or a patch of different colored grass or just a raised platform that has no (laughs) obvious way to get to it and a piece of heart on it right so you do that there's also a fountain towards the swamp land where you can throw a bunch of rupees in and it'll upgrade your bomb carrying capacity or something that one's in the middle of lake Hylia. So yeah that's yeah, in the light so. world okay all right that's actually where the ice palace is in the dark world is where oh okay see the flute boy is there's is a, a little, story yeah so there's an old man <laughs> in the village at the bar who just talks about how his son is missing uh-huh. he didn't treat him well enough he's he doesn't know if he's okay but he went off looking for the golden power uh-huh. which is something that happens in this world as people go off looking for the golden power and the next um, thing you know they're a tree with a bomb right. stuffed in their mouth and if you read the intro they'll be like there was a magical land of gold and power but yeah, yeah so. <laughs> where the triumph forks lived right you find this guy's son, he gives you a shovel, and you find his ocarina, you give it back to him. And his son has since turned into a weird tree. Like yeah, yeah, some kind of like a weird gnarly tree, tree thing. But monster thing. Yeah. When you yeah. go into, it's in this, there's like a little forest clearing south of the village. And when you go in there in the light world, you actually see the guy sitting on a stump uh-huh. playing his flute for the animals. And when you get closer, the animals run away and the guy kind of fades out. Yeah, like bloops out like a ghost or something. Yeah. So when you find him in the dark world, he's not really dead, just not happy about it. Yeah. But he tells you that he buried his flute nearby. Yeah, near before. some flowers or something. Yeah, so but like there's flowers go, fucking everywhere. You'll find so a little patch to... of flowers and dig up his yeah. flute. And then, you know, if you take it back to his dad, he'll be like, oh, my goodness, you found him. Well, at least I know what happened. Right. Right. Yeah. And you keep the flute. Uh-huh. And he'll mention that his son used to love to play it for what, what weather vane yeah. thing. Yeah. It's like a giant bird weather vane in the middle of town. Uh-huh. And if you go play it for the weather vane, it explodes and a furiously <laughs> tiny duck comes out. <laughs> yeah. Which makes absolutely no sense to me. I'm Don't sure care. there's like some mythology things, but it's your fast travel. Yeah. For the rest of the game. Don't care. Best thing in the game. So yep. anytime you're in the light world, you can just play this flute as long as you're outside and this duck 
duck will fly by and pick you up and it's got eight predetermined locations it can drop uh-huh. you off at and it makes traversing the world much much simpler and in fact i think number eight might be a place that's not accessible otherwise i think so and you can go in like as long as you have titan bits you can go into the dark world from there and get a piece of heart and a bonus trigger uh-huh. or whatever other things that are along the side there is a stake you can pound in, in in the light world and then jump into a well thing and then there is some sort of idol <laughs> with a freaky, cup some that kind has of blood in it bat creature that comes out and quote curses you it's sleepy and not paying attention so it yeah. curses you to have half of your magic power yeah which means all of your spells cost yeah. half as much to cast so, yeah so what it does is it has your magic usage not your, your uh-huh. total so i remember when again when i was a kid and this happened i was like oh god how do i fix this yeah <laughs> not realizing that it was a good thing so i don't know translation error maybe, maybe. i don't know they were just messing with you so i don't remember a whole lot about the swamp i'm gonna be real with you i'm flipping through my notes here <laughs> Um, There's the cemetery again when you get the cape thing and in the lower screen on the way to the desert, there is a little kind of temple thing where you can drain the water out of a lake. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. So you pull the lever, the water drains out of the lake and then there's like a fish flopping around. Apparently you can sell the the fish to the guy in town, but when you you can also take the fish and carry it back to regular water, like Uh where there's deep water. If you throw it into the water, it will flip back out and throw rupees at you. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It will pay you for taking it to water and saving its like I should have done that. You should have, you murderer. <laughs> yeah. So there's this tiny little temple in the light world. If you pull the lever in the light world, it drains all the water out. If you transfer to the dark world, the water levels in this dungeon yep. are all drained out. You enter this, they call it the swamp palace. It's like the, I don't even know what they call it in the light world. It's basically just like the place where they control the lock and dam. Yeah. I, like, I don't know what its function is. But, but like but. there's one lake that's a little ways away and I don't know where the, all this water goes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It probably has some function they didn't explain or whatever. Yeah. They didn't put that little caption in. It's essentially a water level where you have to play with how deep the water is to get to the next one because Link can swim because he has the Zora flippers and he gets the hook shot in here, which is another standard oh, item, yeah. which has become a staple. And this one, it's a, it's a fun level. There's like some like interesting things, but I don't think there's really much to talk about per se. There are some interesting bits in it. There are places where water just comes up and forms a ball and like bounces around trying to hit you. Yeah. Or that was interesting. Little skittering water bugs. Oh yeah, yeah. The mites yeah. or I don't even know what they're called. But but there's yeah, the, yeah there's not a whole lot interesting going on there. No, it's, no. It, and it it's is also really novel though. Just just to play yeah. with water like that. It's also kind of tedious in a way that would also become a staple of the series. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. At the end of that, the bad guy that attacks you is like this jellyfish kind of thing that shoots balls all over the place, and you kill all the little you balls. Hook shot them you, away from you it, hook shot. and then kill them, and then yep. until it's not protected anymore. Uh huh. And then after this guy is done, it skitters around on the floor trying to get you and then you whack it a bunch of times. That's pretty much the swamp palace. <laughs> like what's uh what's three? Is that the forest? Yeah, next I have so in, Skull Woods. In the Dark World, the Lost Woods become the Skull Woods, and there's a bunch yeah. of weird skeleton things all over it. And uh-huh. this dungeon is a nightmare because there are about ten ways inside. Only two of them are ever useful. <laughs> yeah. And it is one of the couple, there are a couple places, and this is something that also became a series staple that it didn't need to. It's one of the few places where if you linger for too long, a giant hand will come out of the ceiling, yes. grab you and put you back and at the And put entrance. you at the beginning. And it is 
the most so you have to constantly be paying attention to the shadows above you yep to know when they're about to fall so you can dodge them and kill them to give yourself a couple more seconds to accomplish something before the next one gets started yeah and those fuckholes are called wall masters yes deep hatred in my heart for them but yeah so so the skull woods again is a very scenic very interesting level as you're playing it it's kind of confusing but it's the dungeon is a part of the forest yeah you twist around to different entrances and exits and they're in different parts of the forest right and your goal is to get up to the top left where in the light world the master sword would be Uh uh-huh and in the dark world there's another entrance that's basically into the boss zone yep and this was played with a little bit in the desert palace where there's entrances in fact all of those entrances exits go through big statues of skulls yeah (laughs) but uh this one has the fire rod in it It does what you need to enter the final dungeon and to solve some of the puzzles on the way yeah so there's like this bug skeleton in the top left corner where the master sword was and when you use the fire thing it burns its nose off leaving an even scarier looking skull (laughs) which a kid is very and is cool also, and very scenic but it's more about the play experience and it is also the only real way to kill the boss yes this is a boss that can be damaged by bombs but by bombs and fire rod only uh-huh and the floor is a nightmare mess of moving conveyors that change direction a lot <laughs> that there's are a bunch there's a bunch <laughs> of spikes moving around on it and hitting like this frantically flying around it's basically mothra they actually do call it mothra i think moth mothula yeah. Mothula. So Dracula, but moth. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it shoots fire. Uh, hitting, <laughs> it, hitting it with a bomb is not a prospect. Uh-huh. Like it's, you could, but it's going to be by accident. So yep. you had better have enough magic when you get into this room to kill it with the fire rod. Yeah. Because if you don't, you are just going to die here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And again, like I have fond memories of playing through this just because it was so different. It took risks. It did some interesting yeah. thematic things, but there's not really much to talk about. It's more about the play experience of going through this thing oh yeah i mean we can we can talk about it but it is super weird and again i feel like a lot of the dark dungeon worlds are really really cool but not narratively interesting (laughs) yeah and like i think we're heading up into the least cool and interesting which would be the thieves town yeah so the next one is the gargoyles domain (laughs) so when you get to where the village would be in the light world it is now the thieves town they talk about hey this used to be the hideout of you know a gang of thieves well Mm -hmm. you can't get into that building in the dark world because it's part of the dungeon yeah yeah. like you basically have to like rip the bars off the statue and climb down underneath it in the middle of town where where the duck is this place is full of thieves that will rip you off they will steal your money oh yeah totally or items or your bombs and arrows yeah so i just i mean they're like horse-faced looking caped bastards that just run around and like you can swing your sword at them but you just bounce them out of the way because yeah and that's important these are just people who are twisted by their circumstances and they are not irredeemably evil (laughs) therefore the master sword does not turn them into puffs of skull shaped smoke oh well there you go a little bit of narrative background there yep so yeah there's a fuck ton of spikes there's some maze shit going on there's those orbs that change from red to blue some really weird horse-headed looking dudes Mm -hmm. and all that's kind of whatever but this one actually does have a sub narrative because you get to the very bottom and you find the maiden well what you think is the maiden and he's like girl right and she's like can you take me outside and you're like okay everything else came in these capsulated diamonds or whatever what's going on so you lie to her yeah yeah (laughs) 
by blasting open the ceiling of a place <laughs> to let sunlight down. Right. And then you walk her in front of the sunlight and it transitions into a sheet with a head that shoots fire at you. Yeah. It's like a weird giant sheet ghost that has a freaky three eyed. I don't even know how to explain this thing, uh-huh. but it flies around and shoots fire at you. And as you hurt it, the head will fly off and it will grow a new one. And both of them are shooting <laughs> fire at you. So this thing is like absolutely bullshit. Oh, yeah. No, it, it, it's interesting. It, it's, the lead up to this, I think more the, so than yeah. the battle. But this is what remains of blind the thief. Yes. And the easiest way to get through this is, of course, having the magic cape that gives you invincibility. So you don't have to deal with all of his bullshit. <laughs> but <laughs> the magic cape, by the way, is somewhere on Death Mountain in the dark world and is at the end of a long corridor full of spikes. Yes. You just got to suck it up and take the damage. Uh huh. And then once you get it, you're essentially invincible on the way back. But yeah, like you're invincible as long as your magic holds out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, another maiden exiting it back out there. And the next one that unlocks um, after this, essentially. Is that the Ice Palace? It is the most motherfucker yeah, of so all. The, <laughs> so your prize. I hate in, this one more than Turtle Rock. So your prize in Thief Town is the Titan Mitts. So now yep. you can pick up the Dark Rocks, which leads to there's an island in the middle of the lake. That's where you can upgrade your bombs and arrow capacity. Uh-huh. It has a dark rock on it. You pick it up. It's a portal tile to the dark world. More importantly, the ice palace has been visible the whole time. Yep. But you can't get inside the walls, but this tile is inside the walls. Uh-huh. You transport yourself in there and yeah. <laughs> so this features all the ice dungeon, ice level things that have uh-huh. pissed off gamers since the dawn of ice level. Which it is, fucks with the physics. Yeah, the floors are slippery. Yep. The, and there are things that zap you. There's momentum is hard to fuck with. The The walls can be dangerous. A mummy thing that jumps out and runs at you, which runs really fast. Oh, yeah. Like they're like ice statues on the walls that just pop out of the background and freak out at you. Right. And they're like weirdly spooky. Yeah. It's worth noting that nearly everything in here just gets absolutely destroyed by the fire rod like the fire yes, rod dominates. it does weird piranha mouth penguins yeah weird wall statues whatever it or the bombos them. medallion oh. which is how i get through this level yeah there's also something like in some of the older versions of this game especially snes version i think i didn't know at the time but if you swing the bug net it'll stop you instantly or, the, yep. or it's like the hook shot or something if you use that it'll just yeah, stop it, instantly. when you use the hook shot it stops you in place yeah like, yeah like so. you can't move while it's active so it actually right, freezes yeah. your momentum mm-hmm. which again is like gaming the system or whatever yeah not how it was intended to be and like played. The, the hook shot is interesting in that it doesn't extend the whole way on its own. You have to hold it down. Uh-huh. So you can shoot the hook shot like rapid taps and just pull it out and not use it. So you can use that as momentum control. Yes. But uh, yeah, interesting level. There's a tongue pulling mechanic in this to make some stuff move. And there are some places where you bomb the floor to let stuff move yeah, between so the floors. And aside from all the problems I have with ice worlds, this is an interesting level. Like it does a lot of things. It didn't have to. Like Until it has mechanics. Until it's time and, to deal with cold stare, which is an eyeball trapped in ice. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. You have it's to an dig the dumb motherfucker out before you can fight him. Yes, it uses the ice as a shield. Again, fire is your best option here. Once you get it out, it pops into three eyeballs that float around and shoot at you. But as long as you use fire, yeah. you're fine. And your, uh, your special pickup for this level is not an item that helps you in traversal, but better armor that reduces yeah, the amount yeah, of damage the red you armor. take. It's just the red one or the blue one. I, I think it's blue. blue. Yeah, red's later. I think red might be Ganon's tower. Yeah. So once you get past that headache, you get to Misery <laughs> Mire. <laughs> Which is actually like a slightly bigger headache. 
No, yeah, I, 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 I thought this was easier at least. Oh, worth noting, I think around Ice Palace is when it starts happening. Uh-huh. Dark World dungeons have a sort of unique thing that happens in them where sometimes when you lift pots or push things out of the way or whatever, there will be swirling yellow magic stars. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you have to run from them and like map transition to get or, away from them. Or if they, they do transition. catch up to you, they turn you back into a rabbit. <laughs> like just it's, like, uh, it's temporary. Yeah, but, yeah, but still. <laughs> but yeah, it just usually happens in a room full of enemies out to kill you. So uh-huh. it's not yeah. great. Yeah, it's not your friend. Side quests you can do around this time. You can drag that treasure chest we mentioned earlier to have the thief that doesn't talk open it for you. I don't remember what's in that. I'm pretty sure it's a bottle. That tracks. There is the people that upgrade your sword, the twins, and I... Oh I yeah, you, some, I think you like have to have thing. like the hammer and yeah. the titan mitts to get to the twin. Uh huh. But while they're fixing your sword, which does it takes a little bit, right? Yeah. You you don't, you have, don't a sword. have one. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind which of an is, interesting mechanic. Well, like, which is also hilarious yeah. because what did you do with the one your uncle gave you? Right. Yeah. It's just you just gone? chuck it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You end up in, I think it's the desert world. Yeah, it's where the desert world was. But now it's this mire or swampy area. Not to be confused with the swamp palace. It is a different thing. But when you get there, it's essentially this monster that's living in a swamp down there. Yep. And again, it's really scenic, really interesting. You're like you're entering literally the belly of the beast to get there. And it emerges from the water after you use, I think it's the earthquake medallion. Uh, ether. Ether. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it emerges, you walk down there, more of the same, I would say, just a lot more. I think I'm trying to remember anything that really stands out. I think out this with might us. be the first place in the game you find Wizrobes. Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. So Wizrobes are an occasional Zelda staple. Uh-huh. They're not in every game, but they show up from time to time that typically they appear fire magic and then disappear. Uh-huh. So you either have to maneuver toward them while they're still there and attack them, or find a way to turn their magic back on them. Yes. And then the bad guy in this is another eyeball monster. Yep. This time it's Vitreous, which is an eyeball trapped in slime. <laughs> so it's an eyeball with a bunch of little eyeballs. Oh, okay. So Misery Mire, like there are some really interesting parts on the inside of Misery Mire. Okay. Yeah. yeah go that for are it. like minecart sections almost. And you'll see this internal rock too. Yes. Yes. But the item you get in Misery Mire is the cane of Samaria. Yes. Which is makes a block. The coolest, most ridiculous item in a <laughs> Zelda game. Straight up. I don't yeah. even care what you got to put out. Like you were like, oh, well, in Skyward Sword, you got to fly a beetle robot that dropped bombs. No, fuck that beetle. No. <laughs> it's a- this is a magic stick uh-huh. that you wave and it makes a block. And when you push the block around, hit switches, whatever, when you wave it again, the block explodes into fireballs. <laughs> It's cool as shit. That is pretty tight. But there are places that have weird rails going through the air Uh that if you create a block on that rail, it turns into a big platform that you ride along those tracks. It's almost like minecarts. Which again is very cool. Very interesting mechanic to do with that. Yeah. I would not have thought of that. (laughs) I I want that cane back. Yeah. Like there's so many items that have made so many recurring. Like they brought that ocarina back pretty hard. We keep getting bows and arrows places. We got hook shots for days. It is standard to get double hook shots now. Uh There's just so many things that came back and I want that cane. (laughs) 
I, want I think that, it's gonna be like the, in the breath the, of the wild the sequel. Suit. I want to like call down a block to slam into somebody and then blow the fuck up. Yeah. Well, the newest Zelda game, you can't. What is like? You launch yourself with a tree or something? And there's a a thing that Some temporarily stops time for items. Yeah, yeah. And then while it stops, you can hit it to give it a bunch of momentum. Uh huh. Trees. If you free, like you cut down a tree and freeze it before it really falls over, you can still climb it like you normally would. Oh, okay. So you can beat the shit out of it to give it a bunch of momentum shoot an arrow at it to get a precise direction then hop onto it and just ride it places gotcha yeah i tuned into like part of a speed run games done quick or something it was like the fuck are they They, doing launch themselves with boulders there's also a slowdown mechanic that happens when you pull out a bow in midair that doesn't work correctly with physics so you do things like you can surf on a shield yeah yeah so you can put the shield on your feet and bounce off an enemy while you're in slow-mo and when you come out of it you will get this way accelerated momentum (laughs) and just fly off into the distance yeah but that's it's amazing with speed run we'll try that's more of a bug than an intentional thing yeah So you fight the eyeball in slime and with the tiny little eyeballs and the, the the tiny eyeballs, you can beat on with your sword forever or you can put three arrows in them. Yep. It shoots lightning at you. I it's, think it's worth noting that the bow and arrow has a really long use animation, Uh huh. but holy shit. Can you fire it a lot faster than that? Yeah. It's normal for people that play a lot of video games to assume you have to wait the animation out and you do not <laughs> <laughs> three yeah. arrows is just mm-hmm. done. You kill off this next eyeball, and then you go to Turtle Rock, which is... A huge pain in my ass. It is. It is a little bit of everything all over again. (laughs) So I think you have to have a quake to get inside of it. You do, yeah. A thing to do on the way, there is a big bomb that you can buy where your house is in the light world. And then you drag that bomb to the pyramid blow open a crack and there's this um husky fairy yep <laughs> that will grant wishes or something i don't remember so, what it okay, does it's worth noting in the light world between the witch and the zoras as soon as you have those flippers uh-huh. there is a waterfall there that you can swim to and get into a cave behind and there is a fairy there that you can if you throw something into the fountain she'll ask you if you threw it in and yes or no doesn't really matter most of the point because either she thanks you for your honesty if you said you threw it in there and gives it back or tells you not to be a liar and gives it back, except for a couple of specific items. So like if you throw your tiny little shield in there and say that you threw it in, Uh she will say that she appreciates honest people and give you a magical shield that blocks fireballs. And then the boomerang, if you throw it in there and get it back, it becomes a magic boomerang that is red, Uh moves twice as fast and goes twice as far. Making it actually useful. Oh yeah. I actually don't remember if that one does anything else. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well anyway, in a a similar way, this fairy will take your bow and arrow Uh and return a bow and silver arrows. Yep. And will take your tempered master sword and return the golden sword. Mm -hmm. I got the impression that she's giving you such good shit because she's mad at the dark world that it transformed her into a chungus version of a fairy. So (laughs) very delicate. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Let's see. So Turtle Rock, you... Yeah, <laughs> even mentioning this is like, uh, it's a little bit of a slog. It's it kind of confusing it and it just everything in it takes time. Mm-hmm. You jump over thing while well, you avoid spike traps. You use that block making cane to traverse a long part of the dungeon. There's a lot of parts in the dark. You have to refight all the enemies. There is an elaborate tube system, which is like the mail where you used to deliver mail to people, but you go through the tube. I also, I also <laughs> want to point out that this is, 
I think the first point in this series where you run into Mario enemies. Is it? Because they're chain chomps. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't remember if this game was before Link's Awakening or not, but I think it was. Yes. Yes, it was. Okay. I mean, I guess chronologically it had to be. Yeah. There are chain chomps in this dungeon, which is just out of nowhere. Which, you know, weird, but nice callback. Yeah. Then you have the, you have to make the block and travel around on it in the dark Thus, oh, yeah, making suck on suck, and it just keeps going and going and going until you get to the trinex. Oh, yeah, no, it's worth it's worth noting that this has some similar stuff to the desert and the skull woods where there are multiple exits, yeah, that yeah, come out onto like the cliff side uh-huh. of Death Mountain. And there are places where you need to jump down to other cliff sides to go back in, and there are places where that's a dead end or puts you in a position where you can't get back to the regular dungeon and you have to jump all the way down. Go all all the way the fuck back up this mountain and go back in the door <laughs> yep. and start over and oh my god right and for the one of the last one of the last pieces of yeah, heart one of the last you pieces have of heart, to do that you have to <laughs> it's like uh, like do i really want this right but yeah for all the completionists in the world in that area like, is where yeah. you will find lionels lionels yeah they look sort of like weird centaurs that oh that yeah yeah clearly okay define yeah. the lion bits of them in this i gotcha game. yeah <laughs> so try next or the three-headed bastard monster. Yeah, Trinex is a Legend of Zelda 1 enemy. It is. For some reason. <laughs> but one head shoots ice. One head, one head shoots, shoots fire. fire. And the other one just bites you. And like some kind of a-hole. One yeah. head only tells lies. Yep. And it killed me like a bajillion times. Yeah, so they're, <laughs> they're fast. They're obnoxious. You have to use counterplay on them like specific ways. Uh-huh. And there's not like, a quick swapping of items no. in this game. You have to bring down the pause menu, go into the item thing and slowly move over to select stuff. So it's really obnoxious to switch between ice and fire. It is. Like, the only saving grace to that is that they're right next to each other on the menu even if you are good at this assuming you're not just epic speedrunner level it will take you a good couple minutes to get through this boss i hate that boss yeah it is it is a monster so (laughs) after you finally beat that bastard you can reach the tower I think you get the mirror shield in there. I think that's along the way. Ganon's tower again is a lot of the same. You get your final maiden to go break the thing. And like conveniently Ganon's tower is where the tower of Hera is in the light world. And you are Uh like two screens to the right. Yeah. So it's it's right over there. Yeah. You just walk right over. And then you have to refight pretty much all the bad guys because you go through the Armos Knights the sandworms you kind of fight everything yeah you basically refight all the bad guys so everything you hated previously you do again (laughs) but faster yes (laughs) (laughs) and then you finally get back to arganim Arganim. but this time he clones himself so there's three of him yeah and then fire this obnoxious ass five ball ring that can't be reflected correctly right yeah so you have to charge up and then do a swinging attack to make it even try to hit him and it, yeah. it's a headache. It's, it's just a more complicated version of the fight you've already had with him. Mm-hmm. And once you beat him, he's just like, I won't be defeated. Like it's, it is now revealed that this wizard is not just a lieutenant of Ganon. That just is Ganon. Yeah. He's not going to lose here. So he turns into a big bat. Yeah. Randomly just transforms into a giant fuck mother. And just bat. flies the fuck out of here. And then crashes through the top of the <laughs> leaves pyramid. A, leaves a cartoonishly bat shaped hole in the top of the <laughs> yes. pyramid. As and if then, trying to signal Batman. <laughs> for whatever reason reason you start playing your flute and the duck just shows up in the dark world which it has never done before mm-hmm. and will fly you to the pyramid yeah where you can feel free to jump into the bat hole and then fight um cosplay for the demon slayer franchise <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, he's a he's a pig monster with a trident. So, yeah. so there's a giant gray pig, gray green pig yep. with a trident. He's got some interesting attacks. He summons flaming bats that circle him and spirals outward, or uh-huh. keep a perimeter around him, and the circle shrinks and grows as he moves. Uh-huh. He can spin his trident and throw it to spiral around the room. He teleports from place to place. Sometimes the bats just go psycho fast, and as you start damaging him, and damaging him takes silver arrows and the master sword at whatever grade you've got Uh at as he starts taking damage he starts stomping away the outer layers of the room yeah and you have to light the lanterns to keep it going yeah eventually he turns the lights off and you have to be able to either shoot an arrow through fire or use the fire rod to light lanterns to be able to see him because in the dark he turns invisible so it's a pretty interesting fight it's not the hardest in the game probably but it is a lot more fun than trinex yeah at least there's some dynamics to it and there's this whole thing where you if you slash them in the right way then you can shoot them with silver arrows like there's some strategy to it too yeah so it makes you feel better about the battle like it's not just some dickhole jumping at you like it feels more fair yeah like he's the big demon king but you're also an epic adventurer that has grown in power and skill over the course of you know Uh uh-huh yeah it feels pretty good it does and i remember i was playing i think it was Mega Man x And at the end of that game, you go back up this giant tower to defeat the big bad and you have to defeat all the bosses again. Yeah. And when you play through that, it just seems so much easier. You're powered up a little bit. You have all the other. Yeah. You have all their weaknesses. Yeah. You have all their weaknesses. As long as you know what you're doing, you're you're better. But yeah, when you fight through all the stuff on the way to get to Ganon, you're like, okay, I have progressed in my skill a little bit. That guy from the first dungeon that kept knocking me down that hole that I had to restart in, it's not as hard now. So it kind of gives you like, look how far I've come mechanics. And then Ganon puts the cherry on the top. It was like, oh, I'm still struggling with this, but I'm going to get him. Yeah, like this is (laughs) all new stuff, but you got it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You slaughter Ganon and you get the Triforce. Which grants whatever wish is in your heart. Yes, but it has to be in your heart. You don't know what it is. (laughs) And also, there's some stuff that may be a later thing in the series, but when your heart is in conflict or not in balance, it doesn't work right. Right. So like in the later series entries, Ganondorf gets to the Triforce, but his heart is not in balance. So he gets the Triforce of power and the other two leave. Uh Or like this one, his heart was full of darkness and evil. So it corrupted the golden land. Sure. Yeah. And then the sages fucking locked him there because they were like, no, thank you. Uh huh. Yeah. (laughs) you can have it now yeah Yeah. so with this the dark world returns to being the golden land yep and peace returns to hyrule whatever it is that link wishes for and it does this recap of all the things and all the people that you've seen yeah throughout your travels what they're doing now that it's over Uh uh-huh yeah the sick little boy is back out catching bugs again and Uh your uncle's okay he pulled through and sahasrila finally went home rather than ghosting his family (laughs) yep and like when i beat this when i was a kid again it was I don't know. It was almost like, uh, oh, my God, I beat a video game kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like, I, I did not beat every game that I owned back then. It was like you played and then you were you were done I, with uh, this. This one, it ended. And I actually got to see that. It was almost like a, a religious experience. I started to a be little like, younger than that. you. And my first game clear came from Final Fantasy. Oh, OK. So that was different, like a, but similar in a yeah, way. Yeah. Watching chaos fall and just being like, oh, man. <laughs> right. I am God. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
<laughs> yeah, so that's pretty much it. Everything returns back to normal. It kind of feels like everything's coming at Millhouse for Zelda, but not so much for Link. Because yeah. like her family comes back. He gets his uncle back or whatever, but it's not like... But he goes back to being a peasant boy that yeah, lives in a yeah. tiny village uh-huh. and still occasionally gets mistaken for the princess's kidnapper. Sure, right, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm going to guess he cleared that up a little bit. but I, I assume the king might have... You know, he might have a hand in that. You know, once he's like, oh, no, this boy rescued my daughter and all of you. Do you think he still gets telepathic messages from Zelda like later on? <laughs> like when it's she's, just like when she's bored. Right? It's just like, like, hey, um, like, hey, like if you're uh, if you're not busy, I, I don't really want to go to my di- diction lessons today. You want to just. <laughs> Right, yeah. You want to come through that secret passage and we'll just leave. <laughs> right, or I have this test I'm taking. Can you just go to the library and like maybe read some stuff to me or something? <laughs> or I don't really want to go out to get food today. Could you just stop by, like do, do my DoorDash for me? Or it's whatever? interesting. Um, So there are a couple of telepathic contact things in the game, uh-huh. but there are also tiles mostly in dungeons that you can touch to communicate. And it is implied that those are the only ways that you communicate two way. Oh, like those allow you to ask questions or whatever. I gotcha. Otherwise it's just a one way communication. So Uh it's just link hearing her. He can't talk to her. (laughs) So really, I mean, if she like, butt telepathies him or whatever, I'm just imagining like she's, you know, anxious about something and he's sleeping soundly after a hard day in the fields or whatever. And just, Hey, are you awake? Uh huh. Yeah. Link, are you awake? (laughs) Or it's like uh, she hears a song and it's like, hey, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. And finally he goes to the temple and is like, you got to listen to another song, please, for love of God. (laughs) Just breaks into the Eastern Palace so he can touch the tile and be like, look, you got to stop. Right. We need to talk about this. (laughs) So I've got the master sword. It's been upgraded twice. You know, I'm just saying, you know, could uh, burn some villages or whatever. (laughs) I mean, do you think they'd let him into the palace? No, Maybe. no, he's a peasant. What are you doing? About? Yeah, like, like, no, I have to talk to the princess. Like, what business could you possibly have with a princess? Like, right. she shut up. <laughs> yeah, like his utility is done. Here, they're gonna dispose of him. <laughs> to- Like we said, we were going into this. I have a lot of fond memories. You have a lot of fond memories of this. I can definitely see the ways that it could have been improved. Yeah. And I mean, even in its own context, 30 years of hindsight. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When it came out, it absolutely wrecked everything. It's a technological marvel to see how they program this thing. Oh, yes. And And that's why there's so many weird edges to it. Yeah. A lot of. Uh, especially if you're trying to play it without a sword, a lot of speedrun tech involves abusing the way positioning locks during uh-huh. the pause menu and getting yourself off of the map or like off of the tiles of the map, but staying mm-hmm. inside the map. Yeah. And yeah. then navigating the edges of it because all the dungeons, that's one map. Uh-huh. But how it tells what dungeon you're in is just what entrance you used. Oh, okay. And the tile sets and stuff are dependent on what it thinks you're in. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so are things like keys. So like there's a lot of really interesting manipulations you can do with this game. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. You can get the big key for a dungeon and go open like three or four of the big treasure chests. 
Uh-huh. Because you can maneuver along the edges of the map to different things. Ah, uh, okay. You just have to find a connecting path that's that not going to screw you up. And of course, there's that like secret hidden room that people thought, oh, you have to go this like special way or whatever. But really, it's just like it's just a fail safe to, yeah. to so but, it didn't glitch. <laughs> so the fun, the fun secret room is there's actually one that they, Nintendo Power had a contest. Uh huh. That like you got to have your name in the game. Uh huh. Supposedly, yeah. Chris's room is there. It is. It does exist yeah. in the American version. Not not in the yeah. Japanese version. That right, but I mean, else, it was Nintendo Power. So. Yeah, yeah. There's also sort of the quasi-rumor that goes along with this that Chris doesn't exist because <laughs> yeah. no one would have found whatever Nintendo Power was asking because it was like a Final Fantasy thing in one hallway that no one would have known it was about. Warmech. Yeah, it was Warmech. Yeah, so the original Final Fantasy uh-huh. had a secret boss that had like a one in whatever the fuck chance of appearing. Yeah, but only in this one corridor. Yeah, it's and one it was corridor in like, and it's like at the yeah. end of the fourth fiend temple uh-huh which is like way far into the game yeah like you would have had to like really be lucky not only to get that far in the game i mean and to get a picture of it honestly <laughs> like, not knowing about that contest is why i didn't get it yeah yeah because uh-huh. i've fought Warmack on purpose as a child <laughs> yeah totally i was just too young to know that contest was real uh-huh because just, just the logistics is the best the- because Warmack looks like he straight up came out of BattleTech. yeah, yeah. or <laughs> or the mech warrior games later That's on the same yeah it's the yeah. same yeah i personally don't think chris exists i think it was just a fail safe that was like haha wouldn't it be funny if kind of thing yeah and again nintendo is being silent about it because on one side, if Chris does exist, they don't want people stalking the poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get that, too. Billy Mitchell will kill him in the night or something. Yeah. <laughs> we should do a Billy Mitchell episode. That would be shit. fun. Yeah. That, that man's a shit I could show. talk about but... Millie Mitchell all day. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah. So, again, I would give this game high marks. Oh, absolutely. With some caveats nowadays. I'm not sure it lives up to its 90% on Metacritic hype. I mean... Anymore, it's, got, it's but, got some issues here and there, and there are some places that even at the time, like I got lost and confused on. Yeah, and like I can only navigate this game so well now because at the time I had time. Yes, and I could just search every corner of this game in every way possible uh-huh. and dedicate that much to it. But also, I think other games have come out, like Link Between Worlds, for example, has come out. Oh, it's incredible! Essentially, it's the, the same game. The unique mechanic to it ads. is really good. Uh, if it uses the it, 3ds thing, right? No, no, no. Have you played? It? I have not. So the idea uses the wall the, sucking thing. Yeah, right? it's like you're cursed into a painting. Oh, okay. Yeah. And part of freeing you from that doesn't totally remove the magic. Gotcha. So you can turn yourself into a painting on the wall and just walk on the surface of the wall. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. So you can use that to round corners or avoid obstacles gotcha. or, you know, sometimes like if there's like a gap where you're walking, you can get on the wall uh-huh. and slide over there and come sure, off of it. Yeah. There's a lot of really cool ways to take it and you can do like there's a boss that one of the methods of defeating it, it moves its shield perfectly. Oh, and you get on the shield? But like you become oh, part of the cool. shield and then it goes looking for you and holds the shield aside <laughs> then you pop off and slap him in the back sucker yeah <laughs> yeah no that, that's really cool but it also has you know how rupees don't mean anything after uh-huh. a while yeah it also has a thing where there's like a place where you can rent items oh okay. and then there's a much higher fee to permanently buy them gotcha but like you lose items when you die oh, so like okay. there's a reason to keep getting money for a that's long time and okay. like you can't permanently purchase them right away gotcha it's interesting to rent them because then it would have access 
next to a lot more. Yeah. And like you can, options, you can so. rent most of them like right away. Okay. And there's different ways to fight things with different gotcha. combinations of items. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, like there's a lot of really cool mm-hmm. things you can do. Absolutely. And that game existing is a testament to how well the mechanics of A Link to the Past have held up. Yeah. Not necessarily in terms of narrative or like the rough edges we we're talking mm-hmm. about, but just as a play experience, I mm-hmm. think if a game came out that used essentially the same graphics, even it would probably do okay. Yeah, it's like, a little it would refined, be playable, but right? Yeah. And it's nice to know they added a bunch of stuff. They gave it a lot more. Oh, yeah. More options. I mean, but. even stuff like where there would normally be pieces of heart and whatever. There uh-huh. are a lot of different places you can get to that have treasures. And it's not like the, even the big treasures in dungeons aren't the items because you just go rent those whenever you want. <laughs> yeah. But like you get ore to improve the master sword or, you know, oh, like, okay. like little things cool. like things that either you can improve items with or improve your own stats or whatever. But get, it's good things, but not necessary things. Yeah. So it's always you want to go get it, but mm-hmm. it's not you have to go find the treasure chest or you <laughs> can't finish this dungeon. Well, that's kind of cool, though. I don't know. Like, is, is there anything else that you want to say specifically about this game that you feel like needs to be said 30 years later? Just that, like, if you've very recently, this has been kind of blown apart because uh-huh. Breath of the Wild don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. But it made all the money like, for all the reasons. If you were a fan of The Legend of Zelda for the years of 1996 to like 2016, uh-huh. anywhere in there, you should play this game. Like, I don't. Yeah, you may not, it may not be your favorite. It may not be the best. But the seeds of everything you love are in here uh-huh. and you can see where they came from. And like it does borrow very heavily from the first game in places, mm-hmm. but nearly everything that was new and unique to this one became the formula. Yeah, I would say Ocarina of Time did codify it, kind of it being such an echo made it a tradition instead uh-huh. of just that game. Sure. Yeah. But Link to the Past is where it's all from. Yeah, I'm definitely on the same page. There's so many games that take pages out of the playbook of this in terms of mechanics, in terms of style, mm-hmm. that gaming would be entirely different if not for this game. Yeah, I would also recommend if people like this, there's a little game called It'll Do. <laughs> okay. I-T-T-L-E space D-E-W. Uh-huh. But it's just a girl who likes adventures on adventures. Like it's it's cartoony sure. and silly. It's got a lot of meta nonsense to it. Yeah. But it is very similar with much smarter puzzles. Gotcha. Also in the same vein as this uh, Bastion. More yeah. shooting based I would say. Yeah. The Binding of Isaac of course is a classic. Less swords again more shooting. There's a game called Titans of Souls which is kind of a it's it's a roguelike but it's much more Zelda-y but it's more focused on bosses than dungeons. Yeah. There's also one coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Hazelnut Bastille. Hazelnut Bastille. Okay. I've only played some demo work but it's basically a link to the past with complicated combat. Okay, cool. And then of course the old school like Chrono Trigger. Again, different kind of battle system but yeah, that's, same that's feel. A, that's a very yeah. different so, avenue. We may have to do another episode of that. <laughs> yeah. We may have to do three or four episodes of Chrono Trigger. For real. And of course there was a uh, I'm forgetting the name of this completely now but one of the last games that came out on the Sega Genesis was actually a Zelda clone. I don't remember that one at all. We'll do the Google box real quick. It's called Crusader of Century and it is actually really good but because it came out so late in the Genesis cycle, very few people actually played it. I would have assumed you were talking about Landstalker. This is definitely different. And again, to get a legit version of this game would probably cost you a shit ton. Um, (laughs) Click here real quick. Yeah, about $500. So, (laughs) okay. 
or this listing is for 3200 So anyways, if there's a more cost-effective version, cough, cough, of playing this game, <laughs> maybe look into that. Again, it, it is really good. I've I had a chance to play it. Yeah. Same, same kind of vein. Yeah, yeah. Legend of Zelda, in my mind, holds up, but not completely. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, on Revisit, even just putting it today's standards, I think Link to the Past is a good game. Yes. It is not the masterpiece that it was at the time, uh -huh. and it was a masterpiece at the time. Absolutely. But it holds up a lot better than, say, its predecessors <laughs> yeah. and some of its successors. As much as I also enjoy playing the first Zelda game and not so much the second Zelda game. Oh, I love the second one, but I will tell <laughs> you that it did not hold up. That that it's a conversation for a different game. <laughs> I, I hope people return to this yeah. development wise in one regard. I mean, but, honestly, yeah. while there's been kind of an interesting push for full remakes, mm -hmm. some of them are a little cheaper than they could be. But like Final Fantasy seven appears to be going through one hell of a thing. <laughs> yeah. Again, we're like so. they made a full length game out of the first third. Right. Yeah. Of that, and it is way detailed. Yeah. And people there's were, a lot going on in there. People were unreasonably hyped for that game essentially that would have been a demo for the full game yeah yeah but i mean there's a lot in it it yeah yeah for sure and now people are pissed like, that it's like the next one's probably going to be on ps5 yeah not for then like so. the other end of the spectrum is trials of mana yeah, so yeah. seeking densetsu 3 was you know a, a mana series game that did not get an american release or english uh -huh. release sure an out of japan release for a very long time and it's uh -huh. back in the days when we were all super bored teenagers playing things on emulator for our whole lives um <laughs> that was the tits oh yeah Kindensetsu 3 was the game you had to play and uh, okay some very talented people put a lot of time and effort into translating it and making the patches to make a full English version available. Ah, okay. Right? I played Secret of Mana, but I don't think yeah. I ever made it to that one. Well, it's very good. Okay. Especially for the time frame it's in. Yeah, a little while back, Square Enix talked about they're making a mana collection that is like Secret of Mana, whatever the Secret of Mana 2 thing about it. And then yeah. mm -hmm. Trials of Mana. They took Seiken Densetsu 3 and they actually, you know, localized it, localized it yeah. properly. And we're like, hey, we're putting this bundle out also we're doing a full 3d remake of trials of mana okay <laughs> and i was super stoked about this uh-huh yeah but in the way that a lot of things in stuff like especially the super nes to super nintendo era like especially fantasy type or rpg type games had to rely on your imagination for stuff uh -huh. they would mention something that doesn't really come to anything but the fact that townspeople talk about it kind of fills out the world a little for you oh okay you come into a town and some townspeople talk about like there's a dry river basin through the desert or whatever but they talk oh, yeah. about what it's like when it floods or like that's the only break you get from the desert creatures is when they're all in hiding from the high rains but it's it's very rare uh, okay. you never see that in the game but it's a cool detail that kind of fleshes the world out <laughs> uh -huh. when you are making a full remaster for 20 25 years later consoles <laughs> with all the power and space you could possibly want for the length of story you have you put those goddamn details in there for real and they did not do that they left oh, they left everything as like the unfinished tapestry which oh, is no. you know like what well, yeah. it, it's a phrase that gets thrown around a lot by total uh -huh. nerds that talk about older games sure yeah where like a lot of the interest for fans comes in trying to fill in the gaps uh-huh but you can fill in those gaps now and they just didn't right i mean yeah. i bought the game because i'm a sucker <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah. but that's the kind of opportunity I think is missed. And I think something like Link to the Past uh-huh. would kill in the environment of let's take this. The story is fine, uh-huh. like as it is. Add Breath of the Wild's kind of side quest stuff and little things you can do here and there. Yeah, just to kind and of just flesh it out. fill in the spaces instead uh-huh. of having Kakariko Village be two screens of some residential houses, a bar, and a library. Make that a make real it town. the whole town. Yeah, yeah that would with, be cool. You can fill in the spaces and make a full game something yeah. contemporary out of it without having to stretch it in weird ways or add unnecessary stuff to pad it out. You can mm-hmm. just make the things that are there what they were supposed to represent. Yeah, that would be really cool. You could have instead of Link's just his house by itself on a hill south a of tiny the palace, village. Yeah, you could have a small village that was like founded by descendants of the knights. Sure. Yeah. Which is why this old man and his nephew that live there still carry the blood. Yeah. And again, all that would like really tie things together. That's what I want. I want that game. I don't know if Nintendo is ever going to want to do that, though. I do. Yeah. I mean, like the nerds <laughs> would definitely tell want them to, to sign that budget. Yeah. I yeah. Do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I know I'm, how to I'm find sure a lot of developers can make fight it you for it, but yeah. I know how to find the people that could make it happen. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of like um, like Steam, for example. They don't want to make another Half-Life game. Oh, no. Because it would have to be awesome just to live up to the, <laughs> the obscene amount of hype that has got into it. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that so. becomes a problem here and there, but that's why you don't announce these projects. Yeah, exactly. But it's kind of like the Final Fantasy VII thing. People really loved it. They really got into it. But there were uh, like an equal number of people that were like, I waited this long for a demo. <laughs> like, yeah. That's how I thought about StarCraft, too. I would love to see games continue on. And honestly, back in the day, Nintendo, when they developed a game, they would also create a game in tandem with it. So when the original Zelda came out, there was also a a Mishigami's Castle, I think it was called. Yeah. Where it uses the same engine, but used it in in like a different way. Or like when Metroid came out, Alex Kidd was also being developed using the same engine, the same tools or whatever. This is something I think Zelda could stand to do a little more. Like Uh they had a quick turnaround project with they did. Majora's Mask. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ocarina of Time was complete. Take these assets and this engine and make another game in a shorter time frame. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, people are, are wanting, instead of releasing a shit ton of DLC, like modern games do, yeah. why not make an entirely different game using the same assets? And it's sort of a template that's been tested out by the Pokemon games, right? Because when it came out, it was red and blue, <laughs> and you would buy both of them to get all the Pokemon. Yeah. I would imagine the same thing would happen if they released two similar but different versions of Final Fantasy 7 or, you know, Zelda or whatever. <laughs> like, people would buy it. Like, the nerds would put the money into it. Oh, yeah. With uh, the kind of conversations that surround Zelda a lot. When are we getting playable Zelda, right? Yeah. That would be such an easy win. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. You can do that two games in tandem uh-huh. and make the Zelda game and the Link game and just change the part at the beginning. Same engine. They may have different abilities and movesets, whatever, yeah, to, totally. to interact with this world. But, like, make the defining thing at the beginning, which one of them gets captured yeah there you go it can be the same game played completely differently because mm-hmm. yeah they play along with dimensional travel in this game and i think i heard there is a high roll low roll yeah that's, thing in the that's one you're talking link, about yeah, yeah okay worlds goes. <laughs> yeah um so yeah yeah it, it, it's like it a, fit, it's I like think. a parallel dimension but instead of they had wars over the Triforce. Uh-huh. And instead of sealing it away, they broke it. Oh, okay. Princess Hilda, I think, like got a hold of it and was oh, like, yeah. I wish you weren't here. Oh. And it was destroyed. And then it turns out it also holds the world together. So their world is falling apart. Uh, okay. And it's like considered a necessary evil that they're going to steal the Triforce from Hyrule. 
Gotcha. You know, I'm actually going to have to buy a 3DS now. (laughs) It's a really good game. Yeah. And for all of Yuga being like, just dumb. She's a great villain. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll definitely get there eventually. I don't know. Um, But yeah, we are coming up on three hours, so we should probably end this. Yeah, I mean, I'll give it high marks. This has been fun. Um, Yeah, and eventually when we finally go over another video game, we'll give the the rest of the group um, a lot more head. Give them like a month and a half. Yeah, a lot more time. Because like I asked before I assigned this because I thought no one would pick Zelda. Like I gave you guys a couple options for my nostalgia pick. Well, I mean, I went for it right away, but that's because I was willing to do this. Well, Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and I thought the they're they're gonna blow it off, but everyone seemed so excited about it. I really thought the thing that I would have to struggle through is curtailing the coitus sounds enough to get through the actual plot of the game. Jesus but Christ. that didn't happen. So <laughs> but uh yeah, again, I trust their opinions and they're more on the the pulse of the zeitgeist of modern gaming than I am. So uh, yeah, their yeah, in some opinions ways, are valid. In some ways we're very <laughs> clouded by how much absolutely how familiar we are. I mean, I myself have made a Zelda clone or two over the years. So, <laughs> so I attempted a Castlevania clone once. You know, when you learn to program, you aren't learning to program Quicken. No, you're learning to program something fun. So, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But anyways, uh, I used to have a laser tag type shooting game for squirrels. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right. Well, let's finally end this thing. Uh, thanks again. We'll uh, we'll hey, have no to problem. schedule another one of these things sometime. But uh, yeah, uh, next time we'll be spending seventeen hours going over Morrowind. <laughs> Morrowind. Or we could go through all the individual endings of Chrono Trigger. (laughs) I'm down. I'll start listing them right now. All right. See you guys next time. Reactor is recorded in a socially distanced quasi-studio to keep us all safe. All voices, music, and mixing are put together by us. Obviously, the song playing right now is a tribute to Zelda 3's menu screen, and that's owned by Nintendo. Please don't sue us. Otherwise, all rights reserved. If you have any comments or questions, contact the show on social media or our website, bsreactor.com. This week's episode is not brought to you by the Tourism Board of the Golden Land, where you can transform into an assortment of nightmare creatures or experience the power of photosynthesis firsthand. Or, um, branch. And as always, thanks for listening. We appreciate it.